Hello and welcome to Practicing English. For transcripts of these podcasts, please go to practicingenglish.com. Hello and welcome back to another chapter of The Tudor Conspiracy by M. A. Bilborough. It is Friday, so we're going on, carrying on with the reading of my book, which is available on any Amazon platform, The Tudor Conspiracy. And today it's chapter six. And as usual, I'm going to start by giving you some words which you can listen out for and identify the context in which they're used during the reading. So, for example, who, where, when, or what is the situation where you hear the word. And there are six words, and the first one is ashamed. Ashamed, A S H A M E D. And ashamed means when you regret and feel bad about something you said or did. And the next word is foolish. And foolish is not clever or even stupid. F O O L. I S H. And the next one is a verb, and it is to lean forward.、Um, it could be lean backwards. Lean is just when you move the top part of your body towards something or somebody. To lean, L E A N. And the next word is predicament. Predicament, and that is a difficult or delicate situation. A predicament, and the next one is shadow, and in the context of the book, it's darkness of a place where you cannot see clearly because there is not enough light. So the place is in shadow. S H A D O W, and the last one is threat. So this is a noun, threat, T H R E A T, and in the context of the book, it's a possibility of danger or trouble that can affect you. A threat. Okay, so let's get going. With the next chapter of the Tudor Conspiracy. The Tudor Conspiracy by M. A. Bilbrow. This recording is copyright. Chapter Six, Mary. Queen of Scots, Isabel and Philip started to make their way back 
to the bus stop. They walked in silence for a long time. Philip glanced at Isabel and noticed her face deep in thought. A penny for... Um, what did you think? Isabel looked round and smiled at Philip. She realised that she was being rather aloof and distant. Was Philip right? Did she spend too much time studying? Did she spend so long alone she had forgotten how to be sociable? Sorry, she said. Don't be sorry, Philip said cheerfully. What miserable people they were in there. I thought you were great. Strange person, that Jane woman, don't you think? Yes, very strange, replied Isabel. I was just thinking about her. She made me feel... I don't know what it was, but now I'm fine. I got the impression, said Philip, that she didn't want us to know where the Henry Eighth Quarter was. I thought the same too, said Isabel, and some things she said surprised me. Like what, exactly? asked Philip, intrigued. She almost seemed worried that the Elizabeth I play might contain historical events of Shakespeare's time. She was going to say Spanish Armada but it was as if it was painful for her to mention it. Of course, said Philip, that was what she meant. The failure of the Spanish Armada to conquer England happened in 1588. That was just before Shakespeare probably wrote his best history plays. The English people must have felt very proud and patriotic after the Armada was destroyed. It was a good moment to write plays about English history. Then there was something else, she said, Isabel continued. She said the murder of Mary, Queen of Scots. Well, as you know, said Philip, Mary belonged to the Stuart line of kings and queens and she was Catholic. Elizabeth I was a Tudor, being the daughter of Henry VIII, and Mary's cousin, and many Catholics in England, thought Mary should be queen. Elizabeth I saw her as a threat, and had her executed in 1587. The Spanish saw it as an attack on the Catholic faith, and that could have been one of the reasons why Philip II of Spain sent the Armada to invade England two years later. Exactly, said Isabel excitedly. And don't you see? Which word did you use to describe Mary's death? Um, I said that she was executed. But I don't see... But that woman, Jane, interrupted Isabel said murder. Why would a researcher and scientist 
use such emotional language. It doesn't uh, clean with me. Wash, corrected Philip. It doesn't wash. So what do we do now? Visit the town where Shakespeare was born? Sorry, said Isabel. Stratford-upon-Avon, where Shakespeare was born, to see that Buddle man and his laboratory. Yes, yes, of course, said Isabel. Let's hope we can get some answers to this mystery in Stratford. Come in and close the door, Cousin Jane, said the man sitting behind the large oak desk. We need to talk. Few people knew of this room in the labyrinth of passages of the ancient Bodleian Library. A relatively small room, but dark, like so many others in that building. It had a small window where some daylight came in. However, it was so hidden by vegetation on the exterior wall, nobody could see from the outside that a window existed there. The light from the window shone in directly behind the man's head, so Jane could only see the silhouette of a dark face. She knew who he was and what he looked like, but when she came to this room, it was as though he were someone else. Of course, he was the master. Jane closed the door behind her. I have some news, master, began Jane. Two people came to the research room today. A Spanish girl and a man. They... I know, Jane, said the master quietly. I know because I was there. I was listening in the shadows. I hear everything, Jane. You know there are no secrets from me here. Jane knew that. You did very badly, Jane. You let that ridiculous librarian woman tell them where the Henry Eighth Quarto is. Then you let Carmen give them the address in Stratford. That was a foolish thing to do, Jane. I... Uh, I couldn't stop them, Jane protested. What could I do? They would have been suspicious if I tried to stop them. Tears came to her eyes. She had failed the master. She was ashamed, and she was afraid. The master rested his elbows on the desk and pressed the tips of his fingers together. He shook his head slowly. Jane, 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 you are a cousin of the order. That is a great privilege in this mundane world of nobodies. You have a duty to serve our cause. You also have a very well-paid job here at the Bodleian, thanks to me and to the order. However, we expect you to assist the order at all times. You have not helped us today, 
Have you, Jane? I'm sorry, Master. I'm so sorry. If there's anything I can do, I'll... Just wait a minute, Jane, interrupted the Master. Let us analyse this situation. Those two visitors this morning claim that this Henry the Eighth Quarto hides an unknown work by that idiot William Shakespeare, a play called Elizabeth I. They may be mistaken, but if not, if there were such a work, we know it would tell many, many lies, terrible lies, that we have spent so long trying to erase from history. We cannot run that risk. I had somebody call the Stratford Laboratory from Reader Services. Perhaps they have not analysed the quarto yet and might send it straight back if we requested it. Unfortunately, there was no reply. That leaves us in quite a predicament. In the shadows, the master leant back in his chair and sighed. Then there is this David Buddle, he continued. We cannot trust him, of course. We know he suspects us. If that quarto turns out to be a genuine new play by Shakespeare, a play of such importance as Elizabeth I, who knows what he will decide to do with it? I am afraid he will not choose to send it back to me. We must take this quarto ourselves, and as soon as possible. I must not be seen near David Buddle's laboratory, of course. He will be suspicious. But he does not know you. He paused, assessing the situation. Jane, you will find this play for me, said the master. You will go to Stratford immediately, and I will follow. We will check into a hotel, separate hotels, of course. By this means, we can contact each other by telephone. I will stay at the Hilton. You will stay at Grey Gables, a quiet place frequently used by the order. You know it, of course. I expect you to telephone me at my hotel as soon as the quarto is in your possession. We will use our identities reserved for these operations. The master leant forward so his face became more visible and looked straight into Jane's eyes. You will do what is necessary to get that quarto. Do you understand me, Cousin Jane? Yes, Master, I understand, she said. There will be no more mistakes, will there, Cousin Jane? No, Master, I will not let you down, said Jane miserably. Now go, said the Master. Thank you.